right, guys, you're back with the SpiceCast. I'm your host this evening, Ben Job. Thanks for uh, all of our friends helping us out. A lot of them on the road. Dan Bullard's out on the uh, he's in uh, Washington, D.C. or something at the moment. But shout out to him and our other board members on the Appalachian Trail. So we've got so many people representing us in the wilderness. <laughs> but uh, tonight we have Keelan from SafeWord, uh, up and coming, like straight ahead pop. Pop, what kind of uh, genre? It's, pop and it, rock? It, no, no, it's just rock. Just I would say, I would rock? say, if, if we're kind of a, just a slash artist, we, you know, it's really hard to put us in a specific niche, I guess. Oh but, yeah. But the majority of our songs are very like aggressive and forward moving, so I would just say that we're a rock alternative band, rock alternative, slash yeah. alternative. Hard, hard music. I know yeah. you, y'all wanted to go for that, like definitely a hard be rock the, band. Be the hard rock band of Huntsville, yes. right? Kind of thing. Well, thanks and welcome to the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah, and uh, Casey Wolf is your partner in crime in this mm -hmm. in this deal. It's a two man band. Is that? Have you done a lot of two man shows nope. before? This is the first two man band I've ever been in. Okay, very so. cool. Was there was there a drive? Like, did you think like consciously I'm going for a, a smaller setup, or did it just work so well? <laughs> it, it, it kind of evolved. Um, honestly, um, I, I I still tell Casey I think he had it in mind at first. Yeah. Because when we got together near the end of last year. Um, he, he turned me on to Royal Blood and was, mm -hmm. he kept telling me, this is just a two piece. This is just a two piece. Oh yeah. And, and my brain has always worked that in my brain, it's always worked that a band is four or five people, you know, right. it, you know three pieces, the lowest my brain would ever go. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't even considering a two piece yet. And, uh, we tried, we tried to have, you know, a couple guys come play bass and it didn't work out. And, um, kind of, I like Casey. I like to let Casey embellish as much as he wants. Mm. And I don't want other instruments like stepping on what he's doing yeah and he's very polite and considerate so if i have a bunch of people in the room doing a bunch of counterpoint with each other he'll just he'll he'll play the song and he'll just sit there and, and he's this. too and musically yes, modest I, yes I, I, <laughs> and i want him I, I i don't want all those colors getting in his way yeah i want him to be able to go off uh-huh and so we realized after trying out a couple of bass players that but we could do this we, we could become a two-piece for and, sure and then it was like an epiphany. It was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> well, y'all definitely got like the super full sound, like the uh, just the 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 raucous y'all bring is always awesome. I, like Thank I you. was really impressed. You said like your first EP is is definitely like a jumping off point, and you said you already have like a lot of tracks yes. stored up and ready to go. Huh? We have twenty three songs. Very so cool. We're already leaning on a lot of material out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're just getting your first like shows on your belt uh, around here. Are are you uh, got anything upcoming or? Um, yeah, uh, we, we launched our social media March 10th. We've mm -hmm. already played, I think, four shows. Um, we're going to be playing, not this coming weekend, but the next Saturday, June 23rd, at Jam Shop Indicator with uh, House of Curses. Very cool. Uh, one of the best metal bands in Northern Alabama, Heck for yeah. sure. And um, Blackwater Boogie is coming down from Mississippi. Nice. This guy with the banjo. Has, he has good songs. Nice. So he's going to come down and play with us. And then um, next month, um, July 20th, mm -hmm. we'll be playing at the Copper Top with uh aeronaut very and cool. uh but um it should be noted that aeronaut is currently going through a name a name change hmm. so they might have a new name by the time of, <laughs> so. by the t by the time this comes yeah. out so yeah and metal is is huge around here i don't yeah. i don't know what's in the water that makes metal so popular but are you a metalhead from way back or? um well i'm from the mid 90s late 90s atlanta scene mm -hmm. so i'm all about you know seven dust and, right and lots of metal every i mean in new metal like deftones and things yeah. like that so even all the way back old school all the way back to you know zep and sabbath yeah so yeah the the hard driving rock has mm -hmm. always been there oh yeah and the drums are like huge in in metal and i know you got casey of course to lean on in this but what makes a good like drum mix to you i'd say 
All right, ask. <laughs> um, really, the the only rule, in my opinion, because you know a lot of times there's no rules, you know, but uh, <laughs> the only rule in my opinion is like in the rock genre or the metal genre when you're changing sections, mm-hmm. there needs to be a fill. Right. Like you don't need to be tinging on the ride as we move from the verse into the chorus and mm-hmm. not doing anything else, or you know, just tinging away on the ride as you go from the chorus to the bridge. Right. I mean, there needs to be like something there, and uh, what me and Casey do is uh, we write songs in sections. And then mm-hmm. we take those sections and we play exercises and have exercises with them, pull them apart, put them together, change them up, try to put a dynamic in each section. So that way we can, the, the songs have continuity and dynamic. Yeah. So do you, are you usually sticking to the same like uh, framework when you go through a song or do you like hang on to one if you're, if you're cutting it or is it all like already oh, pre-di- predisposed? <laughs> so, songs come in many different ways. Yeah. Um, I would say probably the most generic way that I write a song, mm-hmm. the majority of the stuff that I'll put out um, is I'll come up with something cool, something that sounds cool to me and has just a cool jumpy feel. Like if you count four, one and three is forward, two and four is back. You know, just kind of like a physiology to it. Right, right. And um, I'll play it to the point where I'm comfortable and I don't have to think about it. And I can mm. start thinking about other things. Mm-hmm. And this is my secret to writing. What I'll do is, is I'll, as I'm in autopilot mode, I start thinking of a generic, traditional chorus to go into. I don't even know what notes I'm, the, the, the strings are going to play or anything like that. I'm just thinking about what would I sing over this. This is going to transition from, say, a, a verse riff. And I'm just going to think of the chorus. And I come up with a very traditional chorus melody, but I don't use it for vocals. I mm-hmm. then take that traditional generic vocal melody and I transpose it to guitar. And you'll kind of uh, see it, you'll kind of hear it translated into the songs. For sure. It'll be like busy, kind of some dynamics going on yeah. and all that. And then when we hit the chorus, the songs breathe. Hmm. And the reason why is because of that. The, the first generic vocal I come up with in my head, I put on guitar mm-hmm. and then I sing a vocal over that. So I'm kind of trying to hit you with like a double vocal feel. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm sure that helps like fill out the sound too. With like, even even though you guys are a two piece, like you've got so much like ground covered there. That's very cool. But the first track we were gonna play is Keeper. You want to tell anything or tell everybody about that? Like a little bit before we play it. Or um, I wrote Keeper fall of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sitting there. I was going over I think 13 to 15 songs at the time. I was kind of giving it like a macro look. Yeah. And I was asking myself questions like, what do we need? This and that. And uh, I realized I didn't have that song that was just like the opener. That, that 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 the song that just launched you into the album, mm-hmm. and I even said the riff aloud. I was like, I don't have that da 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 da, da kind of riff. <laughs> and so I picked up the guitar and I wrote it on the spot. And nice. then um, I wrote it about my wife. It's it's the first the first verse is uh, about that moment in my life where I knew she could be the one go the distance. And then sure. the second verse is about <laughs> us going the distance and being yeah yeah, yeah yeah. And yeah, so it's about my wife. Awesome, but, awesome. Well, let's hear it from Safe Word. This will be Keeper.
interesting, and I had them write our bio for our Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Our, we had it because I just following the rules. Let, let a third person write about you, you know. And they came up with the most funny thing. They, they're like, okay, we have to compare you to somebody. Because yeah, me and Casey had the conversation. We're, we're too old to be trying to emulate our heroes. We want to sound like we sound, whatever yeah, that may yeah, be. Yeah. Um, and he was, he was like, no, we, you have to have comparisons. I mean, you just yeah. have to accept the rule. And he told us this. What did he say? He said, you guys sound like Incubus kidnapped Highly Suspect and moved to Alabama <laughs> and had a rebellious love child with royal blood and Nirvana while listening to Chevelle the entire time. Nice. And I was like, okay, I'll take that. I mean, he meant it as a compliment, so I took it as a compliment. Yeah. And I was like, run that. If that, if that, if, if, and, and I, I'd said that to a couple people and they were like, yeah. I was like, all right, we'll, we'll oh, run it. <laughs> I love how people like, will just pick up uh, on, on like one or two things and then the comparisons just grow from there and everybody seems to have a different yeah, one. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And I try to write songs to where, well, not every song, but I try to write a lot of songs to where if I ask 14 people, yeah, I, I get a different interpretation. Heck yeah, from all of them. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of my songwriting isn't so necessarily straightforward. Mm-hmm. The newer songs are definitely more straightforward. But yeah. we kept some, we kept seven of our old songs, and they're, they're kind of abstract. They, you can kind of take them more than one way. Right, right. Well, very cool. That's a good time as any to say we're back. And that was Keeper um, off their first EP from Safe Word, I should say. I got Keelan here, and uh, man, a lot to cover on that. I love I love y'all's stylings like. The tracks are, it's all in-house produced, like you work work on all that stuff, you know, the nitty-gritty, and go through all that. You got, like, uh, a lot of layers there, but you said with this track, you had run through uh, different drummers for it at first, and... Uh, yeah, but well, before I, we, I got to the point where I was recording it, yeah. before Casey came along, I um, I got back here in 2015, and a big reason for me moving back to Alabama was because I had a bunch of my friends saying, let's start a band again, let's start a band again. Yeah. I had two options, I could move here, or I could, I had a job offer in the Midwest, and I moved mm-hmm. here, and I... Uh, Took everybody a while to get to get things going. Time time moves a little slower down here, but um, I went through. No, I went through. I went through a handful of drummers uh-huh. before getting to Casey. And yeah, they all. I went when. Even though I wrote this song at the beginning, at the end of last year, yeah. At the time, I was jamming with like three drummers at the same time, so they all got to play over it, and they didn't really do the song justice. I actually tried to record one of the guys, mm-hmm. and it, it didn't really work out. Um, and then Casey came along, and he brought this song to life. The drums, the drums in the songs bring it to life. If you oh, heard yeah. the versions before it, you <laughs> he had the power in the yes, Well, I mean, that's super huge. And just your chemistry and the way you work together is so big. When it's just two people, it's got to be yeah. one point. But you said you guys, like, uh, you practice with a click, you run your shows on on all that stuff. Um, and yeah, I can only imagine, like, your your shows sound very similar to this, like, where it's really tight it's and controlled. Yeah. And uh, I, I was wondering, uh, what pattern do you use? Is it just straight ahead? Like it's a straight ahead. It's a straight ahead. There is no strong beat. So that way, you know, we don't want to do a bunch of like, say, what if we what if we change time signature or something like that or whatever. We don't want like two minutes and forty seconds into the song for the one to be the three or something like that. If you go crazy with your song structures, so we we just decided straight straight ahead, just straight ahead, same. And your wife is immune to it now. That's amazing. That's another Definitely. reason for Keeper. Yeah. Yes. Yep. She's completely immune to the metronome. So every yeah. every well, a lot of musicians, you know, they'd be homeless without certain significant others. Yep. But uh, yeah, you get a you get a special your uh, significant other gets a special taste of your music after they hear it over and over and over, yeah. and also hear it from the like ground up. Yeah. You know, like... she's she's a rocker. She <laughs> she will come into band practice and lay in front of my cab and fall asleep. <laughs> She like like and that's we're playing pretty loud, so she she's nice. very comfortable in a loud mu- music environment. Very cool, Gotten very used to cool. it over the years. 
But yeah, and you said uh, at a lot of your shows, you end up like taking over the sound system, and because sound is such a huge thing for bands. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, you want to give anybody some tips about that, or well, like, you know, um, what it is is if um, some venues are very, very okay with you doing that. Mm-hmm. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll just grab their hot signal. You know, just, mm-hmm. well, I just need one hot signal from the front house board, and go and you know make that EQ strip flat. Mm-hmm. Take all anything if they have any re- reverb or any effects off of oh, it or yeah. whatever, and then uh, we'll, we'll take that one hot line. We put a mixer on stage. And we'll plug that into the left. We plug uh, well if even if Casey uses an acoustic kick drum, we usually mm-hmm. run like a drum trigger to the to the kick drum, and so that way you know it's it, there's a nice kick drum coming through the mains, and oh, then for sure. and then we'll bring um, a couple like JBL Pro thousands, and we'll put them in the backline yes. monitor. We'll come out of the mixer on the right and go through that, and so he has control of the sound right here. Yeah, he's kind of like an on on stage sound engineer. Nice, and that's so. huge. I mean, just having like. The same good sound over and over on every gig he's, will help you. He's very busy. He's he's playing. He's making adjustments. He's yeah, setting he's like setting it. the numbers on the click track. He's uh, I call him my quarterback. <laughs> he is definitely my quarterback. He quarterbacks me in and out of the songs. Uh, yeah. Well, give me an idea. Like, how many pieces of drum stuff does he use? Is he is oh, he pretty um, straight ahead, or does uh, he go crazy with it? Um, no, he's he's not. He's he's not um, one of those guys that um, has a, a big kit with a gajillion things. Right. Um. You know, he has a kick. Um. Mm-hmm. Like three toms. Uh, two crashes, a splash, a ride, and a China boy, and some really really nice minor dark bison hi hats. Nice. That's about it. And he oh, and he he only uses a single pedal. Uh, he has yeah, a, yeah. he has a double pedal, and he used to play double pedal mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. But he does a lot of control with his his left foot on yeah. hi hat, and and so he he can play he can play like really really crazy patterns that I couldn't even possibly imagine playing on a single. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he does it. And he does it. So you got like some great effects on this uh, on their vocals, and they still sound really tight. But uh, what what are some of your like favorites or your go tos where you like it, br- it changes the way the song is when you when you crank one of them? Well, um, this song in particular was the very first song that we did. Um, mm-hmm. I did it all on free software. I used an old 2007 Line Six UX2 sound card uh-huh. and like a little bitty studio condenser mic that i had in my closet but mm-hmm. it, it couldn't really take that great of a performance or that much push and then all of the stuff is free um there's uh there's really no effects on the voice except for the filter part in right, the course right. I, I put a megaphone oh you know, really you know, trying to trap her call the keeper Not, mm-hmm. that part is is a megaphone and then what i do for the chorus is just based on what i had to work with and it being free i would just like double the track and then i would um make it like you know i would take two tracks Paying one all the way to the right. Yeah, great, up, great trick. Up, yeah. up, up to a three cent, down three cent. Double it, up six cent, down yep, six cent. Yep. And it just, it's a widening trick, I guess mm-hmm, you'd say. An mm-hmm. old school. Oh, yeah, like for it's sure. Very, it's a poor man thing. Oh, it still works. I mean, yeah. we were using that one every day. Yeah. So. And that, that is literally <laughs> Like, oh, it. I need this guitar track. Needs that to is literally it. it. The actual guitar tone mm-hmm. on that is, um, it's what I did was I mic'd my actual cab um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with an SM57. Uh, and then um, I went and I put guitar IRs on it. It was like from nice. gear. It was from Gearbox, from that actual, the yeah. old 2007 Line Six guitar tone over top of my amp, which I couldn't record too loud, but I could play the entire performance on it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, IRs, I kind of broke them up. And then I put, I think it's a uh, flanger on the guitar solo. Nice, nice. And that's so guys, it. you can, you can sound that's like it. safe that's, word. It, it's it's very <laughs> bare bones. If I showed you the project, I right. mean, it's just straight takes. And, right, right. You know, it's very very simple. Very cool. It sounds so good, though. It sounds really awesome. Are there? I know you've listened to this track probably. I don't know how many times just doing mixing and mastering. Are there any things that like stand out at you after you've done the project? Like, yeah, um, being the person who actually makes it. <laughs> yeah, like I'll hear like things like phonetics oh, or, really? or like pronunciations 
or you know just just something you know and of course i don't want to say that aloud to people because then they'll <laughs> never hear it the same they'll never unhear it oh no so yeah so <laughs> but yeah but being the person who makes it you oh know, for sure and a, a lot of times you know what you hear in your head is this grand masterpiece and by the time you get it out you know mm-hmm. it's it's not mm-hmm. what you heard in your head it, it, you know i'd say probably the first 50 songs i tried to write on my own i was like no it's better than this. I can't get it. And, you know, you just learn, you, know, you learn to cope with it and learn to deal with it and learn to, you know, make it the best you can. And the more you sharpen your skills, the obviously you listen back at your old stuff and you're like, yeah. wait, what was I doing? Right. Yeah. I think, I think everybody will forever do that. <laughs> For yeah. sure. Especially musicians. Yeah, we, yeah. It's a forever journey of getting better. You know, we're, we're just, yeah. we're students of our instruments. Yeah, yeah. And so like, it's just a lifelong journey. And I think we'll always look back and have something to laugh at, at our own expense. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully laugh yeah. at it. I know we have people in here, we record them and, and they're like, Oh, you want to hear that back? And they're like, please no. If you if I hear it back once, it's over. I'll yeah, be playing it. Once I'll do I, 98 takes later. <laughs> once I get done with it, I really don't listen to it. Like, I haven't uh-huh, listened to this. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I uploaded it online and all that. Um, played it for a couple of friends. But you got to think, me and Casey practice at least twice a week. Oh, so, yeah. so I'm playing this twice a week. And even if we don't practice, every day when I go home after work, I play my set. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... I don't care that I've played the song a thousand times. So yeah. it's a, just a, kind of an everyday thing. You know? Very cool. Yeah. But and as you far all as sound list, super tight because of it. As far as listening back, though, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> well, the next track uh, release, you want to tell anybody or tell everybody about that one a little bit? Um. Well, that song was the very first, the first song that I wrote that was fresh when we got back together. Mm-hmm. Um. With the original roster that I put together, that was the, my very first offering. I had that chorus riff. Dun, yeah, dun, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. and i said guys i always said if we got lyric radio because it was my old bass player and mm. i was like i said if we ever got lyric radio back together this this is a lyric radio riff to me and i played <laughs> it and they were like yeah 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 so I, I wrote the song and i wanted to do something different i've never had like like a real cool ambient kind of verse mm. so i kind of that kind of has this verse that kind of reminds me of like a like the middle east meets the wild west right and 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 then take that into you know kind of amp it back up in the pre-course mm-hmm. bring the mm-hmm. drama back and slam back into the chorus very cool and i wrote it about you can take it more than one way but um i wrote it i wrote it about suicide mm. it's um you can actually take it you can take it either way you can you can take the lyrics as things worked out for the better mm-hmm. or it didn't right. so i kind of wrote it where it's kind of like that all right well let's hear it safe word with release
back that was safe word with release i got keelan here from safe word talking to us about the uh, making of and all the all their adventures i guess you've just start just started having adventures mm-hmm. <laughs> just get into it but uh so how did casey go uh, play play into the creation of that one oh uh, well um it's what we call the cnc mill the keelan mm-hmm. and casey mill uh, <laughs> um that song was pretty much already made mm-hmm. um i showed it to him uh we do our thing to it and after we run it through the CNC mill, it changes and evolves yeah. into, into what you see. So that's what we call it. We call it the CNC mill. Nice. So I'll bring him an idea, and um, and he'll he'll put he'll he'll stretch it. He'll he'll do something to it. He'll, I'll bring him an entire song, and he will do something to that song. Mm. He will make multiple contributions to the song to where we have to do something, and then we put it through the CNC mill. Right, right. You got a lot of like riff centric kind of stuff. But uh, I was wondering if uh, if he like changes stuff up, or have you ever had like Frankenstein's song, like two songs that became one, or anything like that? Um, yeah, actually, uh, we have a brand, we have a song, even though it's old, it's brand new. Um, <laughs> it's called Pretty Pain. Yeah. And being in, in the old lyric radio, I wrote it, and it's just me pretty much playing monotonous parts while my lead guitarist goes off and my bass player goes off. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I wrote the song entirely at band practice with Casey. Um, uh, they didn't show up that day to practice when we wrote Pretty Pain. So, and now there's I, a band. So. Right. So now that we're a two-piece, <laughs> now, and, and that was like the last song that we had in Lyric Radio that we that, that everybody, that we got a really warm reception. People mm-hmm, really loved the mm-hmm. chorus in that song. They loved it. So Casey brought it up. He wanted to keep that song. And I was like, I don't, I mean, it's just this over and over for me. You know, they did this and this, and he was like, rewrite it. So I took that song and an old an, an, another old song called Filthy Excuses, and I combined them into the new Pretty Pain uh-huh. and rewrote the guitar entirely just to be uh, like a one-person okay. guitar kind of thing. Kind of and, taking all those old parts and like... Yeah, I, I just kept... I really, I just kept the chorus. I just kept yeah, the chorus. Yeah, yeah. That's really all I kept. Uh-huh. And then from there, I would just start building, like Legos. I was like, okay, this now and this and this. It took me three or four days, mm-hmm. and I brought it back, and he was like, oh, I got this. And it just there it is. 
Yeah, and you've talked about like setting up bands and helping other bands like to build up. And I was wondering what what are the like solid first ingredients of a good band for you? For me, honestly, it's all about the songs. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a good band, you or be a band at all, you need songs. Oh, for uh, sure. So um, stay humble to the music and write good songs. That's pretty so, much songwriting is yeah, the, songs. the basis. Songs. Number <laughs> the number one thing is songs. That's you know, so. How is like? Songs. Were you a lyricist first, or a uh, more of into playing? Or well, if you talk to my parents or grandparents, they would tell you that I was humming along to the radio before I could even yeah. say words. Uh-huh. Uh, a melody seemed to just to be innate. And then I know this is a big contrast, but when I was a child, like my my first my first like eight tracks and cassette tapes and yeah. all that, it was like. Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, the Grease soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then uh, from that, I branched out. Um, I was I was there, like you know, when 3D stereo was created, and it went boom. And hearing hearing uh, pop acts like you know Michael Jackson and Madonna, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. U2 at the time in the late 70s, early 80s, that was a really big deal to hear that in that big 3D stereo kind of environment. Oh yeah, yeah. It's you know you can't really explain it. You just had to kind of be there and live it. Kind of just had to be there and live it, sure. and, and go from what it sounded like to hear this to like boom. You know, and as a kid, it it did something to my brain. So as I got older, I, I realized that I wanted to write aggressive, right. but I wanted to sing pretty over it, and mm-hmm. I wanted to try to combine the two. Mm-hmm. And so, I, growing up though, I didn't play an instrument at all. I leaned a lot on like R and B, R and B music and soul things like that. Oh, awesome. you know, girls liked it. You know, fifth and sixth grade. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever but, played. Yeah, played. yeah, yeah. If you played on the radio and I liked it, I'd sing it. You know, and it just it just kind of grew into what it was. Well, that's the, awesome, the, and you arrived here. It's cool. Yeah, the big change for me happened when I turned sixteen years old. I bought a V eight mm-hmm. and I took it to the drag strip. Yeah, and when you're when you're running down the drag strip, you know, Jodeci doesn't go with what with that. Yeah, yeah. So I needed I needed something, and that's what. And of course, I go back to my classics. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Zepp and Sabbath and all that. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then I started, you know, finding them Stone Temple Pilots. And, yeah, and of course, being in Atlanta already, and being knowing about Seven Dust and all that, mm-hmm. it, it kind of just kind of happened after that. Once I turned sixteen and bought a V8, there was a heavy infusion. This is a powerful and, car, and it turned into power. And then, uh, then Filter came out, or right before that, or right around that time. Mm-hmm. And then when I heard Patrick singing Filter, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to make my own music. That was Filter is literally That's the awesome, reason though. why I said I want to start a brand. That's um, cool. I want to start a band can... because this guy's voice is amazing. Right. And if if he, if he can do that, if he can sing that pretty and and scroll, you know, scream and scroll yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. then I can do it too. Yeah, and that, that's how that's kind of how I started making bands. I think there's a divide in like the metal community of over vocals because there is like a range of vocals in the in the metal mm-hmm. community. Yeah. Like, do you do you enjoy all of it, or are, are you like more in tune with one or the other? Or? Um, well, I think voices are like beer; it's an acquired yeah. taste. So yeah, yeah. you might like a voice that I don't like, and mm-hmm. I might like a voice that you don't like, and you might mm-hmm. not like my voice, and you know, and that's totally cool because that's right. how things work. Um, but as far as metal, I've I've just always it's been always more about the music. Mm-hmm. Like when I grow, when, yeah, when I when I growing up growing up like when I would listen to Metallica, I couldn't have told you what the lyrics were. Oh right, I could sit here and mouth the riff to you, <laughs> you know, because I really felt the music. It was all about the music. I really didn't oh, care yeah. about the lyrics. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't care about the lyrics at all. And then that changed as I got older. I really like to infuse melody though mm-hmm. over hard riffs. Mm-hmm. I just think it sounds good. It doesn't mean it's like proper or the right thing to do. Right, it's just I like to put melody over that. And um, I know so these days metal seems to be broad. Mm. So like a lot of a lot of people have already come and are already coming to me and Casey and going why you, why are you guys not claiming it's your metal? A lot of your stuff is very is, is at least tinging on metal, isn't it? And we're yeah. like no, right? It's commercial hard rock with like screams for drama. 
Like, like uh, we, we, we can go listen to bands. Maybe it's just because it's well-produced we drums. Yeah, yeah, well, we can, go listen to, we can go listen to bands that are significantly softer than us as yeah, a whole. Yeah, that's true. But, but they have metal in their tag. Mm. Oh, no. Yeah, that's yeah tough, I, I don't know if the internet has, like, caused uh, an explosion or, like, a mess. I don't know. What do you call it? Like, an expansion of genre or whatever. Mm. But it seems very, like, wishy-washy now. No. And, like, there's uh, Americana seems to contain 80% of American music yeah. now. And you're like, what, is, what does that mean when you tell somebody? No, like, oh, we're an Americana band. That could mean. But as far as what metal is to me is uh, Euro metal. Right. In flames. And and I love mm-hmm. how and then I love how like, you know, that got Americanized kinda mm-hmm. like, you know, like Kill Switch and yeah. Today and Shadows Fall and all that stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. No, that that's that was all that's kinda always in flames is kinda Mm-hmm. you know just kind of been a thing for me <laughs> since i was a kid the, i can always point to that yeah well uh you do you write a lot on acoustic or um a lot of times i write on um acoustic or ukulele first okay believe it or not yeah i have songs that i'm just sitting there jamming on the ukulele and i'm like i would love to I'll see you that. up there like rocking next time the i come though. well no, i probably will never play it on stage <laughs> if, if we, no i want to see it now, don't get me wrong if we if we don't get me wrong if like say we do a radio interview and they want us to play acoustics um, we have like yeah, out yeah. of the 23 songs i have about four songs that i could probably perform on acoustic right. and they kind of soften them down and make them you know that mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. be all so I could pull on a, on a ukulele or an acoustic <laughs> guitar for that, definitely. Yeah, if you pull that for me, I would be. I would. Yeah, um, next time we come, I'll song. bring a ukulele. <laughs> but I was actually going to ask you, like, are there any bands that are like acoustic and you'd want to hear their electric version, or vice versa? Are there any bands, local or broad? Or Tenacious like... D. <laughs> really? Yeah, they're like arena. They're like arena rock with acoustics. That's true. And so I you'd would love to hear like the yeah, full and on... you know how Dave Grohl will come in and, and do like you know drums with him. Uh-huh. I, I want to hear him amp up. I want to see a wall. I want to see a wall. I want to see a bass player. You know, I, it's weird. I want to see like... Kyle going off. Yeah, like, yeah. Know, give, give him like you know <laughs> the 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 two neck guitar. I mean, Kyle is an amazing oh, guitar sure. player. Oh, for sure. And like, that's totally like their shtick, but you never yeah, see it. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah, I would love to see them amped up <laughs> to like just big levels. Very cool. And I wanted to ask you about like uh, some of some of the uh, machinery behind this. You said you use a distro kit, like to uh, or the distro kit. Oh, you want a distro called. kid? Yeah, 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 distro kit. Do you want to tell people about that? It um, seemed like a really cool uh, uh, um, way to get what, your what music that, out there. Yeah, what that is is uh, you can pay twenty dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Um, just go to distrokid.com, D-I-S-T-R-O-K-I-D.com, and uh, it's twenty dollars a year. You can upload unlimited music, and they pretty much do all the work for you. Make oh, a yeah. song and upload it, and check your email because within a couple of days it's. Yeah, you know, they send you email for everything that happens. Uh, it's on Google Play. It's on Google Store. It's on nice. here. It's on there. It's on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And by they give you a Spotify artist account by joining up with them. Okay. So, like I said, unlimited music. Hey, so. that's cool. And there's so many. I mean, there's a myriad of uh, services and then like platforms. People sell music, and it seems like every every big company's got their own that they're mm-hmm. trying to push. So it is nice to be in like all the places because mm-hmm. people right. expect you. They're like, oh, are you on this? Uh, weird like korean chat app i have like i hope so because that's yeah. what i use to listen to music like weird stuff like that and, like... and i found them you know like i'm, I'm a gearhead like you so yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I found them by you know like gear reviews going online like mm-hmm. these youtube guys who become youtube celebrities and do gear reviews and all that um and i noticed started noticing that like distro kid like started sponsoring their videos oh, and yeah. they're talking about them and how they use them and it's only 20 dollars a year and 100 percent royalty free and all yeah. this stuff and i'm like Okay, what's the shtick? Yeah, it sounds too good and, to be true. Yeah, and and I go and I checked out like what was it, CD Baby and all that. Yeah, and I think I think they charged you by the album. I don't remember. It's been uh-huh. minutes since I was doing that research. But uh, once me and Casey got together and we started recording our songs, well, we decided just to try DistroKid and see what it could do. Oh yeah, and it did the job. It just there's there's so much like back end that people the pub public doesn't see. 
but that musicians have to deal with like with with your art you know there's i mean there's writing songs and then there's 80 percent of the work the getting work. it out to like people mm-hmm. and who hears your songs oh, without, and when do they hear it and how do they hear it without distro kid you might as well put an entire day's worth of labor on just getting all the music up on all the relevant mm-hmm. sites and oh, all oh, of that i mean it, it's it's a lot of time so just having that service be done for you is mm-hmm. extremely convenient we can do things like pay like pay more mind to the music mm-hmm. you know make more music so how do you feel like playing in a two-piece as opposed to playing in like a full band? Has it been a different experience for you? or? Um, honestly, I've always followed my drummer, and I always try oh, to talk yeah. my guys into playing to a click. Right. Like like say say I went and joined a band as the rhythm guitarist. I would try to get the drummer to play a click to me, mm-hmm. and everybody else can do their own thing. I just zone in on that click track and my drummer. And, and, and it's always been like that. So you know that, that way when I play the song, I can play it with authority mm-hmm. and... And, and equality is if always there, there. If there's yeah, if there's just a small slip up or something like that, it, you know the click is moving in linear fashion. It doesn't stop for right, you, right, right. and the crowd <laughs> probably doesn't even know. I mean, it's just I just that just having that discipline, yeah. and having that focus, and and now I've seen and play and listen mm. to the click. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, a three way kind of thing now. Yeah, yeah. So kind of grew. Well, I don't want to give away any secrets, but are there like BPMs that you prefer or have it think think are magical or anything? People have a lot. Of, people like spend days uh, discussing um, BPMs. Uh, we have twenty three songs. Mm-hmm. Our songs go from seventy BPM to mm-hmm. two hundred and two BPM. Mm-hmm. Um, the, my natural feel, I guess you'd say the the BPM I have to stay away from because just about everything comes out of that uh, BPM yeah, yeah. is one sixty. Really. And for four four. Mm-hmm. And then for six eight, we have lots of songs in six eight. Yeah, you know one two three one two three one eighty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got, so it's like I have four songs in one sixty and like three songs in one eighty, but then the rest of them just fill up the entire spectrum. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's good to know. Just just like having it down and know your patterns too, because yeah. I think a lot of songwriters don't even realize that. My natural sort of pattern is one hundred sixty BPM. <laughs> so I try hard to stay away from that these days. <laughs> right, right. Keep it keep it spicy. But uh, the next one we got, sorry girl. You want to talk about that one a little bit before we play it? Um, sorry, girl. We played in the band room for months and months and months <laughs> before I ever, ever wrote lyrics to it. Mm-hmm. It was just something that was cool. Um, and it just kind of grew. All of a sudden, I just uh, I wrote lyrics to it. And what I wrote about it's about the typical relationship that doesn't work. Mm. You know, um, why you always got to make something out of nothing? Why it's always got to be got to be the end of the world? That's the oh, hook. Yeah, yeah. You know, never thought to hear you say you were leaving. How hard is it to say I'm sorry, girl? So, like, the first verse is, like, you know, a guy coming home wanting to pick a fight with his mm-hmm. wife so he can peel out of the driveway and, you know, go get a beer do or do the, whatever. Do the cycle. Yeah, do whatever he wants to do, <laughs> right, the, the, the cycle. Yeah. And then the second verse is, you know, her sitting at home. You're not you're not helping the situation. Pour yeah. yourself another drink. Take another pill. You, th- you hope these things will change, but right, at this right, rate, right. they never will kind of thing. And then um, um, the third verse is just kind of just reflection on it. Mm. You know, I wonder if we'll ever learn or is it circles till the end. Right. For honest change, one has to yearn. And understand, you can't always win. You know that that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Very and cool. then the the bridge is kind of the same, kind of keep going mm-hmm. with that third verse. But um, a lot of a lot of people are telling us this is our favorite that this their favorite song so far, oh, yeah. and it's the most like as far as the harder kind of rock aggressive. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's the more poppy you know than yeah, the yeah. rest of them. Mm-hmm. And it has four choruses, so there's there's plenty of time for the audience <laughs> to learn the hook and uh, sing yeah, it back. Yeah, yeah, cool. And sing it back, so. Uh, my buddy in uh, Inclination of Direction, mm-hmm. um, where they're one of the best metal bands in Northern Alabama. Like they, they remind me of like it's almost like they remind me of like Sabbath, 
yeah. mixed with 2018. I, I hear I hear their music and, and, and my brain gets pulled, but it, it makes my brain in two my, different directions. It, it makes my brain, my heart, and my ears happy every yeah. time they play. Nice. I just I just really really love it, and I love Frank's voice. Like you know, I just I just yeah, like yeah. the voice. And uh, my wife came up to me after the last show he attended, and she said, "When you were playing Sorry Girl, Frank came over and said that was his favorite song." I was like. No way, because because they're heavy, <laughs> right, 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 right. So and and like you know, Casey, you know, uh, you never know, you get to melt their little hearts. You know, Casey's relatives <laughs> that'll come over and watch us play. That they all like that song and sing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I have kids and cousins that know mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. sing it. So it's you know, it just seems to be singable and approachable. All right, well, let's check it out. Uh, from Safe Word, this will be Sorry Girl. Another day in paradise.
safe word with sorry girl um off their i guess this is your y'all's first full release right no it's not gonna be on the first ep okay yeah so so some debut tracks i guess yeah for, um, the, pub, for the pubs yeah and it'll probably be a part of the first album uh-huh. the, the first five songs that we have posted online with the old seven songs mm-hmm, that we've mm-hmm. renewed we'll probably release that as the first album very so. cool so uh that song how how what age would you give that song like when was it first incepted into the world oh, that was yeah. last year that was last year I, I just played it a lot before I put vocals on it mm-hmm, the vocals mm-hmm. came um i had just got done writing, writing vocals on that right before me and casey got back together at the end of last year yeah but I'm, i probably played it all last summer and last fall but i just didn't have words for it i just kind of had the <laughs> i kind of had the melody in my head for the chorus because i'd uh-huh. already written the guitar but i had i didn't know what i wanted to write the song about i didn't know anything but about you know but that mm-hmm. and then it just came it just came to me it just happened and you said earlier that like uh people show up to your practices just to listen and stuff like that do you have any <laughs> you have any stories that come out of that oh uh, well um <laughs> back, sure in, the, back in the lyric radio days we used to fill the house it, it seemed like our uh, uh, nice. it seemed like we would practice at casey's and uh-huh. um it seemed like that house would be so full every band practice. you get the entourage you get now, the kids and uh, you get the and back then shows were a big deal like i remember you know, people being in the room being like, the show's only four weeks away. Uh-huh. It's, you know, it's, it's a lot different now, <laughs> the way things move. Um, but like these days, well, you know, we'll have friends come over, family mm-hmm, come mm-hmm. over and everything like that. It's only gotten hectic a couple times. Mm-hmm. I try to get over to Casey's around, you know, like six o'clock and I'm, we're trying to get done and out of there by eight thirty. Right. So if we have a bunch of people there and, and we're trying to get work done and it's kind of not happening, mm-hmm. we'll throw the click in the PA. Yeah. And half the room will leave <laughs> immediately. It'll be like just a couple people that, you know, can stand it will stay that's how we clear a room though we will we'll put oh, a click yeah. in a pa then we'll put a click in a pa and we can get work done once they're on time they know <laughs> well i guess I, I mean a lot of people a click is just like a weird even a weird yeah. thing and a weird yeah. idea because they, they don't know musician yeah. yeah to a non-musician they're like what is that and it's stepping on everything ah it drives me crazy who's got the wood block yeah it keeps it, doing yeah, it yep yeah. and so that's how to clear a room if someone out there wants to write like a small book on clicks and all and whatever samples, I'm sure there's like a histor- a history of clicks. Like and like, yeah. yeah, yeah, there's gotta be there's gotta be a book or somebody, please, if you're watching now uh, or listening, please Link go us to write a book that. or go yeah. write it. <laughs> we need we need a, a click expert in here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, I mean, uh, just doing the recording for people. The the click for for a lot of newer bands is like a insurmountable mountain. Sometimes they're like, I've never played with a click. Really? And uh, it's I think it's one or the other. People love it. Like they're mm. like, this is gonna be a Very great true. idea. I, I agree with that. It's a love hate relationship for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's just it's been the judge for so long. That's what me and Casey call it. It's the judge. Yeah. And it doesn't stop for us. So oh yeah. And it keeps it keeps you disciplined and it keeps you focused. So oh for sure. The yeah. only time I, I'm not playing to a click mm-hmm. is uh, like if I start coming up with something new or something like that, I might turn the click off for a second, and and, and you know if something changes, I might have to change the click or whatever. But it's it's only just kind of like small creating events mm-hmm. where I'll turn it off and then I go right back to it. It's, oh like, yeah. it's almost like I have to have it now. If you're so, if you're like someone who edits music, I think a click is like your your secret weapon. Yes. You're like thank God for the it's click. It's the judge. It is the judge. <laughs> Definitely. Judge dread is just the click. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you about like some of your influences. Like, where you told me about like who who like triggered you. But what about Casey? Um, Casey, well, Casey comes. Uh, Casey knows a lot about punk rock. I've okay. learned so much about punk rock and the different styles and genres of punk rock through <laughs> him. And I was, I'm sure that I still have plenty to learn. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, he's an amazing drummer. Um, he started playing drums. Uh, I don't know between the ages of ten and twelve years old. His first, uh, he was. His first band, I think, was Brom Bones. Mm-hmm. They got to open for Fugazi. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, like he was like a kid and open for Fugazi. That's kind of cool now. You know, hey, that's a good right? way to start it off. And then um, uh, he joined the Stiletto Boys. I would say mm-hmm. his main influence for making music is his big brother. Uh-huh. Um, his big brother is, was the singer in Stiletto Boys. Awesome. Um, and then moving beyond that, uh, he's, inf- he's definitely influenced by certain drummers. Moffitt from Government Issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ward from Sabbath. Um, Damon Chi from Don C- Caballero. And um, he loved the showmanship. He, t- he showed me all these old, like, black and white videos of this guy who just looks like a million bucks when he plays the drums and just, just he's just so enjoyable <laughs> to watch this guy. And he's like, it's like watching, like, classic stuff from way back in the day mm-hmm. with all these people, like, big house orchestras and stuff. Mm-hmm. His name was Gene Krupa. Okay. And he's like the master of the solo stroke or something like that. Nice. Whatever. Until Buddy Rich came along, right. master of the double or whatever. Mm. I'm sure there's some story about it, but I'm, I'm, I'm not a drummer aficionado in that manner. Yeah, yeah. But he's he showed me videos. He's like, he's like this is where I get my showmanship from. Look oh, at yeah. this guy. He just enjoys himself. And yeah, he, I fell in love with watching you know, those videos. Oh, you so. can you can tell for sure. I know. Uh, and when I play music, people talk about our drummer all the time. They're like, you look so happy. And his, his nickname is Happy anyway, so mm. it comes off. But uh, I know bassists have a bass face, and that's like a terrible affliction that we have. Um, hmm. You have to struggle against bass face. You ever heard that? <laughs> bass face? Where, where you just got like this frown on you because you're oh, playing bass. Well, we, we really, really enjoy playing music and playing our instruments. I don't care if I'm playing the hardest thing that we have. I, yeah. I, I just enjoy being there and in the that's moment awesome. and, you know, playing for a crowd. I really, really mm-hmm, like it. Mm-hmm. Well, Casey will, Casey will tell you just as much as I will. We're not really mean muggers. Yeah, we right. don't really mean mug a lot. Um, <laughs> we do. We, we have noticed this, and we've been told by this. Like we'll look at each other and smile, and then as we look away, we we stern because we're like we're focusing back in on the click. We're real like, quick. wait, we're we're doing too yeah. much time looking yeah, at each yeah, other. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll look thing. at him and smile, and then like if you see us in video, you'll notice we'll look at each other and like make an expression, and then as we turn out, like we we focus real quick to get right back on top of where we were. Right, right, right. Like, and you see it. We and both. And then the do judge it. comes in. And yeah, like we both do it. Like we both do it. Like I've seen videos like where we both do it. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And like, and when you watch some video, like we move with the same. Oh, like, I can my, only my that. hand is matching. I mean, mm-hmm. everything matches I, I, because we're playing dual click. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, plus, and just having two people is is I can only imagine is amazing because you know I'm sure you know all his stylings and all those little things that like his uh, what do you call it themes and stuff mm-hmm. that he kind of like rolls through. The coolest You're like, thing I think I know what's gonna come out. You the know? coolest thing about Casey is when I write a song, I kind of already. Have half an idea he, of half what he's, what gonna, he's gonna play, it. yeah, and then he shows me something that even makes it better oh, every good. time. Every nice. time, it, there's <laughs> nice. there's not there has not been one time where it's like he doesn't play something as good as I'm thinking in my head. I'm already mm-hmm. like, Casey's gonna do something like this, and then he, I'm not a drummer, so he he he, he puts, doubles it down. He and... puts the drummer on me. I'm like, <laughs> wow, that is amazing. And then of course I play guitar and bass at the same time. Uh huh. At the same time. Right. So you've got like you've just got your chords comped like that or you um, have a well i had to go through all of my songs and kind of redo once we yeah. decided that we were going to be That's a two-piece really interesting, well once mm-hmm. we once we decided we had to, we we're going to be a two-piece had to mm-hmm. go back through and record everything and make mm-hmm. sure i'm not putting too much colors on the guitar right and then what i'll, uh, I'll tell you what i do what i do is um i come out of my guitar and i go into an aby mm-hmm. um, with active buffers and and a goes out to my bass rig mm-hmm. the, the first thing it goes through is a drop pedal to drop it an octave uh-huh. and then it goes into a multi-effects processor so i can put like you know fuzz pedals or whatever yeah on yeah, it. yeah and then it has its own eq uh-huh, right good. then i come and so i'm taking all the treble out right because right. i don't want those high notes to register well, yeah you don't want to ma- gu- mess I, up everything or, or i just i just want my guitar amp to overpower the bass amp it's mm-hmm. not really necessarily meant to be a standalone instrument as i evolve, right, right. as i evolve the bass rig and buy more pedals i'll i'll, I'll bring up the noise floor for it yeah but for now it's really about just like filling in the yeah. low end spectrum and uh so i'll, I'll i go into the multi-effects presser come out into a, another eq mm-hmm. 
take all the treble out. <laughs> then run it to the head, which has a you parametric EQ. You have to be a EQ. gearhead just to yeah. afford all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, then I run it to the head, which has a, par- a ten-band parametric EQ. I take all the treble out of it, so my uh, so it's coming. You kill that treble it's one way or the other. And and when I went through and I redid all the chords, where the majority of my chording now is just like root fifths with octave stabs. Yeah. And so what I'll do is like say if I'm like I'm chording away, we're in third gear, go go go, big noise, you know. Yeah. And then I want to cut through that, like with a lead guitar mm-hmm, part, mm-hmm. I'll I'll hit an octave. Mm-hmm. And it cuts through, it stabs through that mm-hmm. that low, and to, to play it without getting the bass to pick up on the high octave, what I'll do is, is as I'm hitting the low strings, I hit them hard, mm-hmm. and then I'll flutter off the strings to where it hits that last that last you know fretted note mm-hmm. lighter, and the guitar amp picks it up great, uh, but the, you don't really hear it register in the bass. So you kind of have to learn how to yeah. play for it too. Yeah, because it's it's the opposite of Royal Blood. You got to uh-huh. think like in Royal Blood, like he's playing one finger, one note. So where are these chords coming from? He's using pedals like mm-hmm. pogs, mm-hmm. and so that so I'm that that kind of works against me though. I'm playing six strings. I can't go be playing jazz yeah, chords yeah, right, right, right. Uh, without without everything registering. Especially if I mm-hmm. change from clean or from dirty to clean, I have to be very picky about what oh, I do yeah, and yeah. how I do it. So all of a sudden, now that I've adopted this two rig system, mm-hmm. it actually dictates my approach to riffing for sure. Yeah, and I'll learn and grow as we go on. So that's yeah, that's, that's cool. interesting to hear about it because it's like a, a drum and bass idea, but like thrown in through through mm-hmm. the guitar, and then you have to compose around it. It's yeah. So the way the way my signal chain works is I go out of my guitar into an ABY mm-hmm. pedal that has um, two active buffers in it. Um, the, the the bass goes to the chain I explained to you, mm-hmm. and the guitar chain goes through all of my effects pedals, yeah. and I put a TU2 at the end of it mm-hmm. so that it re-picks up the signal and rebuffs it so I have a, the very strong signal at the front of my amp. I know I have I know I have a very strong signal at the front of my amp when I have to dial up the treble. Right. Because that's you know if if you if if you don't have the buff if you don't have mm-hmm. that then you're not going to get a lot of treble. If you run through like 14 pedals and just plug into an amp, you're just not going to yeah. be in trouble. So by by having the active buffer at the beginning of my chain, running it through everything, repicking up the signal, mm-hmm. and then pushing that strong and hard to the front of the amp, I can then. I have the strong signal. So are you all about like uh, analog pedals or are you more into the digital stuff now? Always or? been a boss guy. Growing uh-huh. up, boss was um growing up boss was the pedal. Like that was the boutique pedal. Yeah, yeah. You know. So growing up as more companies came out and I started experimenting with more companies, I realized they did a lot of tone suck and they changed mm-hmm. your tone. Mm-hmm. What I want is I play a sixty five oh five plus with a high gain kit from Eurotubes, mm-hmm. best tubes maker in the world in my opinion. And so I have a very nice guitar tone. And when I put anything on that, a chorus, a filter, or a, like a phaser or a flanger, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't want it to suck my tone. I really don't even want it to really alter the tone. I just want it, like, if you just think of an effect, just laid over the top of it. Right. And bosses wanna... do that perfectly. Nice. They, they just put an overlay. So you know that there's something there. And then right, and right. I, I, just, I just use them for colors and flavors. They're mm-hmm. there and they're gone. And it's, but it's always, it's 99% guitar tone. Mm. It's just, I like for, for if, if I switch to a clean and I have like a melodramatic verse, I might mm-hmm. throw a phaser on it for a second and it kind of just alters the flavor and then I take it off and, you know, so it's, it's, but I like boss pedals because they don't suck my tone mm. and they, they keep it simple. So do you have like a, uh, <laughs> do you have a stage plot that just has like your, your pedal base <laughs> like on it or, or um, do you, have you ever mapped it all out? Cause it sounds like pretty intense. Do you, yeah, have, actually, to, do you have to do it on paper first or uh, well, actually, there? <laughs> yeah, I actually have a picture of it, a diagram. Uh, oh, okay, I have a lot cool. of friends who have been bugging me about it. Um, and oh, mess- yeah, I've had complete sure. strangers message me on Facebook after oh, watching for sure. me play yeah, yeah. and ask me, uh, dude, I noticed you had a guitar with only one chord coming out, but you were playing bass and guitar. And yeah, so yeah. instead of having the same conversation a million times, you- <laughs> I went and I went and made a diagram <laughs> nice. and put it on my Facebook there and, you go. and was like, for all my guitar friends who are asking, 
And then, of course, I can <laughs> always... So you have to say it, tell it to, like, three different people at the gig. So that's the chain. Oh, nice. So it goes in, it goes in there, that's the bass chain, and then that's the guitar chain going out. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I see some cool stuff on there. Nope. But it's all boss, it's all boss, it's all boss mm-hmm. stuff with a Digitech and mm-hmm. um, a drop and a whammy. And the yeah, last yeah. thing I go through, um, the last thing I go through before I hit my bass amp uh, is an EQ to help with the trouble. Yeah. Three EQs in my bass chain <laughs> to help me do this. Hey, that's huge though. Yeah, three uh, EQs because you're playing a guitar. It's mm-hmm. very, it's it's tricky. And then the last even thing with that, just playing bass, uh, EQ is so good. Yeah, and then it's the last thing that hits my guitar amp is a noise suppressor mm-hmm. because we do a lot of staccato stop start kind yeah. of stuff. Mm-hmm. And when when I touch those strings, I want them to mute. Right. So I, I set it to about. And set it to you know re- noise reduction and set to about between fifty and sixty percent depending yeah. on the venue or how, how I'm playing that day. Well, the mess and the fuzz and the frequencies are yeah. going to be your enemy when you've got <laughs> yeah like if we, <laughs> we have, have this, two piles of <laughs> if we have this like big effects. like whole note rest in the song or half note rest right, in the song I don't right. want to go <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I, I want uh, no sound very cool so. well well how's the like music you've written uh ended up here like what what was the first like stuff you brought to the public like your first like keeper uh... keeper was the very first song that we brought out oh, i mean i mean no. just in your whole career though oh in the whole career yeah um the very first song that i ever went into a studio and recorded i was 15 years old mm-hmm. and um it was an acoustic jam okay right and then after that i started joining bands multiple ah, bands okay. um most notably fake a smile and uh, lies and fire were the, cool. were the bands that I was in in Atlanta, and we kind of did what we're doing now. Like mm-hmm. uh, my guitarist, you know, my guitarist, I had had a basement and he was setting up a studio. He had eight ats, mm-hmm. the old eight ats yeah. with a board and all that. <laughs> oh, yeah. and we made vocal rooms and all that. We were mm-hmm. kids just trying to learn gear and do yeah, the best that together. we could. And uh, it, it led to some pretty fun things. You got to play yeah. like you know play the Masquerade and mm-hmm. things like that. Oh, but yeah. we were always under the weight of like the best bands. Yeah, you know, you're in Atlanta. So, oh, for sure. You know, like, they're world class. Yeah, back then, back then, even Seven Dust had already made it, and they're superstars. Like they're to, to us, you know, being an Atlantean, you mm-hmm. know, they're just the, they're the biggest local band in the world. Mm. They're our big brothers, right? You know, and then um, for the, our local scene, there was a there was a band called Minus Driver, mm-hmm. who put a clinic of a of a stage show on every really? time they perform. Yes, they were so good. They ended up eventually getting signed by Warner Republic, huh. and then they got shelved. I don't even know why. Oh, They're geez. amazing. They put out like a they put out like a five song um, album. Even had mm-hmm. Andy Wallace mix it. So it, it, it was a it nice. was pretty it was a pretty big deal. And then after that, it didn't work out. And the the singer went on to make an indie band called I think if I remember correctly, it was called Winter Ransom. Hmm. And he kept the same drummer. I think it was, and they were awesome too. Right, and then that just just kind of phased out. Oh, but that yeah. that was the big band. We we all were under the weight of the throne of Seven Dust. Right, period. <laughs> but uh, I would say Minus Driver. They were they were really really good. If, if there was a band out of all of us that was going to go anywhere, it was definitely them for sure. Well, so you you said you had to choose between like the Midwest and Huntsville at some point. What mm-hmm. what brought you back to the South? Was it the, this, the South? It was the it was the, the music. Oh, and also oh, yeah. being around family. Um, yeah, yeah. I left here in two thousand and nine, and the big. 1400 miles well I was 1400 miles just in New Mexico mm-hmm. but the big journey that took me all across the nation I was away from you know family for so long yeah so you know I I reconnected you know we're not reconnected just you know was talking to family here as I as I was making the decision and they were like come home uh, in the last 6 years you've come home for one christmas mm-hmm. we miss you and and I'm glad I did cuz yeah. I um I got to spend the last little bit of time with my grandfather who uh, recently mm-hmm. passed away in February mm-hmm. so I'm glad I came back yeah know? for sure so, yeah. So, very cool um, yeah we do a, we do a little segment called like cheat codes so i wanted to ask you if you had an old school cheat code to activate on your life or your project what would what would you run with a b a c a b b 
<laughs> what is that? What is that like? Uh, uh, invulnerability or something? That was the blood code the co- for the original Mortal Kombat for Genesis. Oh, just the blood code. You had to put you in the blood. You, had you to just it. want to brutalize your life. When it came up life. and showed that you had to go A B A C A B B, and and it would go boom, and then you get the blood. Mortal Kombat was like the. I remember the 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 kerfuffle around it was just so huge. They're oh, like, it's the they're reason. They're destroying America. Yeah, that Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat is the reason they came out with the rating system. Yeah, but that's the game that did it. That's that amazing. The, yeah, that's, that's the game that, that is did amazing. It. And that ate a lot of my quarters until Killer Instinct. <laughs> Killer Instinct probably ate the most of my quarters. I I got so into Killer Instinct. Killer Instinct had like the wacky like Lion Man and all that well, stuff. Right? Saber Wolf and Glacius yeah. and uh, Orchid and all that. And they had these. They had moves where you had an opening move and then mm-hmm. a middle move and then a finisher move. And so you could just. Go at it, and right. just um, that, I probably spent more quarters on that game than any other. Game. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely the blood code. So, but I I definitely miss that whole aspect of like the music being so wrapped up because they had like soundtracks and bands that would launch off of video games and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And Mortal Kombat, I mean, it had a it had a good bit of like influential metal tracks on yeah, it. I I'm, bet I'm a big fan of video game music. <laughs> I'm a very yeah. big fan of video game music, especially mm-hmm. like um when when I put together the music for our wedding, it's pretty much all Final Fantasy. Nice. I even. <laughs> took a clip i even took a clip of um the final fantasy 7's main theme and i clipped it from the where the guy plays the trumpet mm-hmm. and she came out and like stepped onto the lawn as the entire orchestra just opened up and all that and it was just it was magical and that was video <laughs> game music and it was so funny hey. because people were there they're sobbing they're in tears and later yeah. on they were like that music just it touched me and i'm like that's video game music right oh yeah you know, and some of my favorite soundtracks didn't even launch bands they're just awesome music like the streets of rage soundtrack oh the yeah the original genesis I could just listen to it. I mean, I know it sounds like a Casio keyboard now, but no, no, it still sounds so awesome. Yeah. I mean, I can't claim all of it because I'm I'm younger than some of it, but the Genesis like sound chip, I think, oh. has some amazing. It's like the next level of uh, just the just the noises because you know you have like the I have some friends that do the they well I guess they create music with the old sound chips, mm-hmm. but the Genesis had like another level on. I can't remember how many. Like, I remember doing an A B comparison. When I got my Genesis with my Nintendo, I got my Genesis and I <laughs> plugged like, it to the TV. You're like, rock out? Well, well I, I plugged the Genesis up to the TV when I got it, and it was just so bright. The colors popped, and when I hit the A button and Sonic jumped, it was like boom! It was right, just yeah. and the and the mm-hmm, and the soundtrack mm-hmm. just sounded so good, and I was like, it's it's another level, like you're mm-hmm, saying. So I turned mm-hmm. it off and I plugged my Nintendo back in. I think I was playing Renegade, which is kind of you know kind of grayish, and I was it was just like the the music in the yeah. in the animation. And I was just like, let me plug this Genesis back in. It was it was amazing to be mm. to be there like and move from the eight bit realm to the sixteen bit realm. Yeah, like it's it's it's. I mean, it's hard to explain mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Genesis, they kicked a lot of butt on things like sports games. Mm-hmm. And uh, like uh, I preferred like uh, their Street Fighter. They had a nice six button controller, so I mm-hmm. really preferred that over say like the Super Nintendo. If yeah. you want to play an unplayable game, <laughs> get the original Street Fighter two, not the Turbo Edition. Uh-huh. The original Street Fighter two for Super Nintendo. Uh-huh. It's so slow that when you try to jump <laughs> like, like pressing the button. When you try to yeah. jump say you're rude and you try to jump, it's like it's how slow you play it is. Everything with I'm a not half kidding second you. Delay. Not kidding. It's like you. chess like, at that point because you're just unplayable. deciding what your friend's gonna. Do. Well, I mean, once these dragon punches and 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 fireballs <laughs> become second nature, I mean, you could you could input things way too fast for that game. So, <laughs> oh, unplayable, yeah, yeah. absolutely unplayable. Yeah, that's what we should do next is like a video game symposium or something. That's <laughs> that's coming back though. There's like bands to I can't uh, remember. I think it's Bit Brigade mm. um, does like a touring act with live players of video games and live music doing the uh the tracks and the sound effects and stuff like live it's pretty interesting yeah. like at least maybe there's a market for that sort of stuff but and if you ever um if you ever like if you like you know orchestras 
Mm-hmm. Um, was it the Tour de Japon? It's spelled uh, Tour de J A P O N. You can look okay. them up on YouTube. Uh-huh. They travel around playing Final Fantasy music. Oh yeah, and they're amazing. Man, I would buy tickets and go see them every For time sure. they came anywhere near me. If they would come near me, I think people that aren't like haven't gotten into the video games don't know how deep it goes. With like, yeah, I like, mean, Final Fantasy's got decades of it's history. Insane. It plus is plus insane the production and stuff that goes into some of the, especially the big games. Yeah, I think if I'm it's correct, huge. they they pour millions of dollars into their soundtrack. Oh yeah. I, I, if, I'm, if I'm correct, I mean they they, mm-hmm. they put a lot of money into that stuff. For I sure. de- I definitely had like uh, when I was a kid, I had ripped the uh, Warcraft two soundtrack off of a a Mac or something and mm-hmm. put it on a CD and just listened to it all mm-hmm. the time. <laughs> it was just like and it was all these like MIDI drums and stuff and mm-hmm. it you know now now I I might be brutalized by the sound clips they used, but it was amazing back then. I'm still you know? a fan of eight bit. I yeah, can always yeah. just listen to eight bit music. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is about it. I just, it's probably nostalgic. It's just weird. It was that it was yeah. by that time of my life, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just never stop being. But a fan hey, of if it, it gets people into music, go for it. Yeah, right? definitely, definitely. <laughs> but Matt, Kalen or Keelan, sorry. Thanks, sir. I got it right all the way up till the end. Isn't oh, you're that crazy. Fine. You're fine. But uh, thanks, thanks for coming in and talking to me, man. No, no problem. It'd be good to come back and do it again. Oh yeah, for sure. Maybe play a Spice Fest or something. Heck or, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely, we'll definitely do Looking it again. Looking forward man. to it, man. Yeah, and uh, Punch Out. That's a good. Uh, that's a good video game. So I mean, that's no, a, also out. a yeah. great track. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. Do you want to tell uh, tell them about it? This will be our um, last track for the evening, well, unfortunately. But uh, well, growing up, um, me and my friends, we always had this. Um, talk about a, a subject that we created and mm-hmm. we called it buzzology mm-hmm. and it seemed that the majority of, of adults they have some kind of like work reward cycle mm-hmm. of you know uh, of like say getting a buzz like some yeah. some guys can't wait to punch out the clock at right. five o'clock and go to the mm-hmm. bar some guys can't wait till the end of the week to do whatever they do or this or that but it seems like that that work reward cycle and that's exactly what it's about hmm. it's just it, it talks about it you can take it as it's you know discussing it or celebrating it yeah. Or whatever. It's just, but it's about the topic of buzzology. Mm-hmm. It's something that I've had a, that conversation a million times with my friends growing up, and turned hey, it, yeah. decided to turn it into a song. Yeah, that I think that's a great, great. Uh, I got a lot of traction in America because I don't know. To me, America's uh, uh, priorities are always kind of wacky compared to like normal what the ideal human life might be, but. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for bringing it in. And uh, you guys are big on Spotify. You'd love to point mm-hmm. people that way. But yep. all, o- all over the interwebs on Amazon and all that stuff, it's Safe Facebook. Word. Facebook, is it? Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify. We're everywhere. Very cool. And check it out. This will be uh, taking us out Safe Word with Punch Out. Just trudging along Need them feels, yeah Color choices everywhere Piles thick, getting quick Used up and it's gone Anywhere is better than him The grind drowns it I won't complain once the cycle nears Ash acquisition When you know the team
do In a haze of red days, bloody shades Nothing new Off in the cut and on the side Familiar shapes, strange spies Anywhere is better than him The cry drowns in I won't complain once the cycle is Ash acquisition been a production of spice radio from huntsville alabama you guys know what you want and you don't have to do too much to get it get with us at spice-radio.com if you have a podcast you make music or art or you have an event that you want to promote in the tennessee valley you can find us at www.facebook.com slash spice radio huntsville or on twitter at spice radio hsv and again our website spice-radio.com